Hi, welcome to the Beyond Blocks podcast, a podcast about Drupal, PHP, open source, and related software development topics. I'm Oliver Davis. Today I've got a bit of a sore throat and a cold, so hopefully this doesn't affect the recording too much. But today I'm here with my guest, Ryan Weaver. Hi, Ryan. Hey, it's, uh, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Sorry about your throat, but uh, it sounds sounds good to me. You sound distinguished. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was doing a, about to do a talk with PHP Munich yesterday online, and just uh, just as I was about to press the, the go button, uh, my nose started uh, and my throat started. So we'll see yeah, how it goes. Like, perfect, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant timing. Um, yeah. Do you want to do a, share a little bit about yourself and, and what you yeah, do? Yeah, if you don't, yeah. If you don't know me, I, I my name is Ryan. I come from the Symphony world. I'm on the Symphony core team. I make the tutorials for Symphony casts, if you've seen those. Um, and work a lot on the front-end side, particularly of Symphony. So there's other people that do the complex back-end stuff a little bit more than I do. And then I get to do the you know, the fluffy front-end stuff. So there's an initiative called Symphony UX. I'm sure we'll talk about um, that's kind of like where where I'm attracted to these days. And for, for your audience, I have been to several Drupal cons. And they're just, they're wild. I've been to plenty of conferences. Drupal cons are their own special strange wonderful giant beast and i've always treasured going to those i think i went to maybe four or five straight back when symphony was getting embedded into drupal and it was always an absolute blast so fond memories uh, i think mm -hmm. we were talking that's probably probably where we met way back yeah, in I the think, day i think so i remember meeting a, a and i remember some of the conferences were sort of drupal con with like a symphony track or something involved there's sort of a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. conference for a couple of years yeah, that was I, I was that was perfect for me, right? It was just to have these two things put together. I remember this is the total aside, but I had to tell tell the story real quick. My first DrupalCon ever. Um, two two things happened. I gave a talk there, which is cool. Two things happened that just have never happened anywhere else. And one was I was in the middle of a talk, and I did have a bit of a, a cool moment, like where you you kind of you build up the suspense, right? And you change your slide, and like boom, here's the result. And I did that. And the entire room broke out in applause, like cheering, like I, like I, I was, I was like a rock star up there. And it was just like, this is, this is a special, weird, cool crowd. So I, <laughs> I love that. And then that same talk at the end, they had microphone stands up in the aisle. So you could like come up and, and make a line and ask questions. First person to run up there was this kid who I'm trying to remember what, what the age was in my head, but I think he was maybe 11. And I was like, what is happening right now? It's just, it was so, it was so cool. So lots of good memories, but um, yeah, that first talk ever was, was just really solidified um, the, the unique brand of uh, the Drupal community. Mm -hmm. What was the change that, that prompted all the cheering of the whoopee? Can you remember? Mm, I do remember it. It doesn't seem, of course, now what's 10 years later, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but I was talking on BHAT. And so we were, you know, so we're doing, we we're doing testing tools, right? And it was, it was go to this page, click this link, fill out this form, that kind of stuff. And um, I'm running it, I show it running, and it's running really in a headless browser, not a real browser at all, um, just kind of running with fake requests. So anyways, you added like a little at JavaScript above it, and all of a sudden Chrome opened up. It opened up in a real browser. And like 10 years ago, that was, it was unheard of. Like the, the ability to control browsers programmatically to actually write tests that ran in browsers was just like, it was just, it was, it was totally unexpected. Um, and of course, I don't even... I didn't make this tech. I was just talking about it. So I sort of stole, uh, you know, other people's thunder, other people's work, right? I just happened to be the the person at the right time, kind of bringing it for the first time by complete chance to this community. Um, so it, it was just, they, they appreciated the uh, the effect and it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess the opposite is also true. So I've been to a few Symphony live conferences. I remember being at the one in London um, just before, covid it must have been um and yeah i've really enjoyed being at, at those events as well and seeing i think fabian was showing messenger component i think maybe at the time mm. just a couple of years ago um mm -hmm. but yeah i've always loved getting involved with symphony community as well and uh i think even on the symphony live pages like who should attend like php developers and i think they called out drupal developers particularly given that drupal uses a lot of symphony components as well but the fact they call that out on the page, I think is quite, quite cool. Yeah. 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 There's definitely lots of crossover, which, which, yay, that was the whole, that was the whole point, right? However many years mm -hmm. ago it was to, to start bringing these things together. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Interesting you mentioned Symphony UX, because I know that's the thing you work on now, but I remember you working on the Symphony documentation team. I think that's how I came across you on GitHub, first of all. So that that was your thing for a while, I suppose. Have you uh, moved on from that onto the UX side? Are you still doing both or? Yeah, mo more, mostly moved on, um, just which was just lucky enough. I'm still on the core team, but I was lucky enough that other people stepped up and are doing more of the work now so um, that I don't have to. It doesn't quite sound right, but, you know, as you get, if you're around open source long enough, you get yourself involved in more and more things. So it's just a matter of um, kind of trying trying to prioritize the most important ones. Um, yeah, so Symphony UX is... As you mentioned, that's what I'm involved in now, and we're 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 in the process of trying to define it a little bit better. It's kind of grown from where it originally started. So, in the that here's the kind of the thirty here's a thirty second version of it. Um, there are effectively two models on the web for building your web page. You can either build it with a front end tool like React or Vue or something else, and you might be rendered. You might be using server side rendering for that. So it might, you might be sending HTML across the network or not, but Reactor View is what's actually building your HTML. Or you could be building your HTML in your kind of traditional backend um, framework, whether that's Symfony, Drupal, Ruby on Rails, whatever. So those are the two different philosophies. And Symfony UX is about making that second philosophy, returning HTML across your server, sometimes called HTML over the wire, making that a really attractive, really accessible option. So being able to make a really rich user interface uh, much richer than you would normally associate with traditional HTML sites, making this something that's very easy to do, um, repeatable, you can get it done quickly, make a really beautiful user interface. So Symfony UX's tools to enable that inside of Symfony as easily as possible. And it's still relatively young. Uh, it's growing. I'm excited about it. Uh, for Drupal people, um, one big part of it is Twig components, which... I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's not something that's not something that has leaked over the Drupal fence yet, at least, other than maybe you knowing that it exists. I don't think so. I've seen single directory components. That's been definitely mentioned, but I don't think the Twig component things have come across. Yep, just and, I, yet. and I've been I, I've been looking at the single directory components a little bit because with all these things, you want to um, right. We're all converging on similar. We're trying to solve similar problems in similar ways, so. Um, you know, when we build things, we'll be looking at Vue and React and seeing what they're doing so we can do things effectively the same way so that we're all building more or less the same mental model uh, to solve these same problems. Um, Twig Components is right now is kind of tied to Symfony Framework. Uh, there's a tiny bit of work that would need to be done to make it a standalone component, which we should do. So effectively, if you don't know what Twig Components are, it's I call them a fancier Twig include. So hopefully we understand the idea of a Twig include. Um, and what you can do with Twig components is isolate, the same thing, isolate a chunk of code into a Twig template, and then you can uh, render that Twig component. Um, the things you get that are extra is the ability to pass attributes to it very easily. So if you have, you're rendering, if you have a component that is rendering a button or an alert area, you can, when you render it, you can say, here's a, here's some class attributes I want. Here's this, I don't know, area attribute that I want. And then you can also pass variables into it. So you can pass attributes into it and you can pass variables into it. And your Twig components can also, the template can be backed with a PHP class if you want. So this is a really, for me, it's a really powerful idea because uh, sometimes I'll see my wife, our front end developer, she'll take a chunk of code that and she'll move it into another template and it won't work because that those, the same variables aren't in that template. It's really frustrating for me because uh, what she's trying to do makes perfect sense. It will be this yeah. little standalone chunk of HTML. Why can't this just move somewhere else? Uh, but it can't because in Symfony, the controller is supplying the data for it. So with Twig components, you can optionally have a PHP class that's tied to your Twig template. So if you're used to view components, the exact same thing, you have the JavaScript code, which is providing variables and things like that. And then you have your template. And then you can actually make your Twig component completely standalone. And it's providing its own data. You can render them lazily via Ajax. It's 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 all, all kinds of cool stuff. And it also has a really nifty Twig uh, HTML syntax 
So if you want to, you can render these in a way that looks like HTML. So you can't see that right here, but if you want to check that out, you can, it, it literally looks like uh, an HTML tag, um, but you're actually rendering a Twig component. And so for our front-end developers, they're not even using Twig at that point. It looks like you're rendering a React component. It's just like, oh, okay, make, you know, make this, uh, make this HTML element, which has this name, like Twig colon uh, alert. And then just pass attributes to it. That's how you're passing variables and attributes into it. So it's just a really fresh, powerful concept. It's in the Symphony world. It's a couple of years old now. And yeah, I would like to get the word out, make it a little more standalone, and see if we can roll it into some other places. Since since there are um, other places that are using Twig, and we've already heard from a few other places other than Drupal that have kind of been looking at it and saying, "Hey, is this something we can use? Can can we make it standalone?" So that's kind of the uh, one of the cornerstones of Symphony UX. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely like the the standalone part of it and the reusable part of it. Um, I think that's one reason why I started using Symphony on call back <laughs> a while ago. Um, this is yeah, I could we could add it into another project, and we had to do Tailwind or post CSS building or, or view or CSS compiler, web app compiling. That um, yeah, it was it was there. And it was something we could reuse, and it was built that way. Um, by default which was which was really good um and yeah i like the look of these twig components i think i saw them on the first the first live stream we did um a little while ago and yeah looking at them and i like because i do quite a lot of, of Vue.js as well and, and some bootcamp people are mentoring and do a lot of work with react and, and javascript and i was like hey that that doesn't look too too dissimilar and you know do that's that that's with... great to hear that's that's the goal yeah we don't want it to be <laughs> surprising right it's, yeah. it's, it's all one, one mental model here mm -hmm. Yeah, it was I think at the moment you still have to show people like how things like for each things in Twig work and they work a bit differently. So when we're doing Twig in uh, Drupal or um, user component library lock or Fractal, uh, which is JavaScript, but you can switch out the templating engine. So there's a Twig integration for it. Uh, so you have to explain when they build the components in Fractal using Twig how that's different to how they would do it using sort of view or something but mm -hmm. yeah look, looking at that i was like hey that that would be a lot easier to get uh, as you said like front end uh, for someone to who's more familiar with with that it, lo it looks more natural there compared to here's a, a, a different sort of language from what twigs mm -hmm. currently is it looks more modern that's what i'm trying to say it, it, it definitely definitely looks more modern and i think one of the tricks right now one of the things that I would like to do, I don't know if it will be done, I don't know if it will be accepted, is um, especially what, what really looks natural about it, I'm guessing, is the HTML syntax. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the non-HTML syntax of a Twig component, it looks like Twig. Um, but the HTML okay. syntax looks very natural, um, very familiar to Vue and React developers. The way that that's done in, the, in Twig components is via a lexer. So if you want to get into lexing and parsing and all that kind of stuff, that's what that's what Twig does. It's a language, so it has a lexer and a parser, and all kinds of things that I'm not qualified to talk about. Um, but anyways, we had to kind of package a lexer onto the side of Twig's lexer because Twig's lexer by design is not meant to be extensible. It's really here's the, what Twig looks like, and that's that's Twig's language. So we really added a syntax onto Twig. So one of the things that we want to make this a first class citizen that we need to do is see if we can get that into the core of Twig in some way, not, wouldn't mm -hmm. be the whole Twig Components library, but some hook into the Lexer to support the Lexing. So the, basically the location of those Twig HTML syntaxes. Uh, our Lexer being on the outside means it has some edge cases, not surprising edge cases that are gonna cause weird bugs, but there's just certain things that we will never be able to handle some edge cases until we're in core. A good example of that would be the not, uh, very not widely used, but there's a verbatim twig tag. I don't know if you've seen that before. Yeah. It's just if you wanted to write twig code that actually just output as just so you could see it on the screen, you'd say verbatim, write your twig code in verbatim, and then twig knows not to parse that. Well, our yeah. lexer is after twig's lexer, so we have no idea that's happening. We would just see, uh, we would see our twig component syntax inside of there, and we would lex it over to our new format. So, um, if we can do that, I think that that would be a really good point also to really be able to go confidently out and say, look, this is part of Twig's core. It's been well thought out. And it's just something we need to do and propose in a thoughtful way. Uh, expanding a language like Twig, it needs to be done carefully. It's used by lots of people. As you mentioned, there's even front-end libraries that use Twig. So expanding its 
syntax is something that needs to be done thoughtfully. Thoughtfully. Yeah, no, it'd be great to see think that coming across to, to Drupal and like uh, Sculpin is the other one I use that uses Twig and all these other places as well. Um, yeah, that'd be, that would be great. Um, yeah, I think the HTML attribute thing, as you said, like usually I'm used to doing like colon class equals something if I'm doing view. Um, whereas at the moment I'm to find to like includes and then pass things with, like, I think it's with, and I can say with these things and then, yeah, it, it sort of works, but yeah, I really like the way that I've sort of seen it demonstrated on the the, the twig yeah. side. If you if you rewind ten years, twigs didn't look that weird because those other ones didn't exist or really weren't that popular. If you fast yeah. forward ten years, and the world is converging in one direction, and twig hasn't hasn't moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that a case of somebody sort of looking at that in in some like view or React and going, "Hey, that looks cool. How could we implement that in Twig?" Or have they maybe sort of come to that decision sort of separately, or how does that decision? I, I, no, I think, to I, I think that's. Like that? I, I think that's exactly what happened with Twig components. Um, and we weren't even the first. Uh, uh, Laravel has the blade templates and they have blade components and it has a slightly different syntax, but it's the same thing. It's it's the, the entire world converging on a mental model. And so then it's been just kind of spreading outside of there. So we kind of did the same thing. And as much as possible, we, we really do say, okay, let's look at React, let's look at those people and let's try to exactly match their syntax as much as possible to reduce that um, entirely if we can. So like you said, with the colon class syntax, that's exactly how you do it in Twig components. You, know, you can just say class equals foo um, and that passes foo. But if you want that uh, foo to actually be a Twig variable, then it's colon class equals foo. And then all of a sudden that foo is a Twig variable exactly like you see in those other languages. And I'm super I'm super excited about that, super proud about that because it, it, just, it just looks normal and feels normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll have to put some some links to that first stream that I remember seeing. I'll put links to that in the episode notes so people can go and watch it and uh, any other sort of documentation on it. But I think, yeah. Be, uh, my, my first, go, I think it was my, my first or second live stream. So <laughs> forgive, yeah. forgive me if it was rough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've tried doing it, but the quality of the first ones I did weren't very good. I think even when I look back at them, they, yeah, the Currently, I haven't done one since, so I do need to keep saying I will, but uh, I will have to at, at some point. Um, turn it on. Yeah, definitely. I'm always working on things anyway. So I'm either doing uh, a, a blog post or, or a talk or, or something for open source. So why not have a, a screen going? And it's, you know, I think for you were saying on, on your streams, it's you know, good to have some time, like a way of sort of time boxing some time to, to go, whether it's even going through issues or some some research or something it's good to have that time yeah out. there's already something you know that you need to do you can try to just turn on the mic and, and make it kind of interesting it's and yeah it's also been as you said a little secret been be uh being like you know what i need to work on this week i need to work on this task and so mm -hmm. i'm not scheduled as my live stream mm -hmm. you know so here we go everybody wins <laughs> yeah speaking to people about uh promote i guess on the drupal side um recently but i get on the symphony stuff as well actually like it's great to see um more people doing drupal streaming or, or and, and symphony streaming because you see it a lot more in some other communities i think um not as much in ours so i think the more mm -hmm. people are doing that and people the more people will get sort of exposed to it and and know that it's it's there and um yeah totally yeah, agree so yeah, you, it, and 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 uh, anyone listening, if you wanted to live stream, just just do it. Nobody cares. Maybe nobody will show up. Um, it doesn't matter. If nobody shows up, your video also lives on YouTube, and I bet you'll get some views. And a few more people will show up next time. Just have fun with it. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to do that again at some point. Some point soon. Um, okay, I was we mentioned a little bit about Symphony and Drupal already. Um, I think. Yeah, with, with Drupal 8 was the big turning point, wasn't it? With the adoption of um, Composer and Symphony components. And like that was a, a real big difference for the, the Drupal community from before before that, where everything was, I got them the wrong way around. One of them is not invented here and the other one is probably found elsewhere. I always get them backwards, but in, in Drupal 7, I think we wrote everything was, was written by Drupal maintainers. And when Drupal 8 then came, that's when Composer and symphony components and everything else came in as well um yeah, yeah we talk about that that idea of of making things not look surprising or not look different like that was a huge step towards that you know the the kind of famous drupalisms 
Um, right. And we're all going to have our isms, but this effort to, to say, and we do it in symphony as well. We create isms, but there's also kind of a, always a healthy pushback of saying, how can we reduce those isms? Um, how can we do, how can we do things that look like everybody else? And so uh, I always like to to brag that Drupal 7, I had no idea how to use it. In Drupal 8, I could, as a Symphony developer, just opened up and use it and actually start kind of hacking into it a bit. And that wasn't a credit to me. It was a credit to opening up a code base and saying, yeah, I understand what's going on here because I've seen it before and it's because it's, it's not a Drupalism. Have you got a Drupal 8 course on Symphony Cast? I think I remember seeing that on there a while ago. I haven't gone through it. Yeah, yeah, we have a tutorial on Drupal 8, and of course now it's like horribly outdated. And um, I have not looked through Drupal. I can't remember the last time I looked through Drupal. It's it's been, it's been a bit. We talk about updating that course sometimes. I just I don't know. You can tell me. I don't know if it's interesting to people. When Drupal 8 came out, it was very interesting because all such new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But now I don't know. And and if the answer is it's not that interesting, it's kind of a cool thing because that means that we have fast forwarded five eight years. And uh, these things are just not that hard or interesting anymore. You know, all these ideas of services and, and those, those concepts that used to be new are just not, not new anymore, which, which would be great. Yeah, I think it was very early in the Drupal 8 lifecycle that course came out. So I remember you trying to do something and it was like, yeah, um, usually this is how this would work. But like that wasn't there yet or, or something I remember. And it was, yeah, it was very early in that, in that lifecycle that you were able to pick it up and, and start working with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, um, what, what version is Drupal using now of Symphony? Uh, Symphony. Uh, right, 5.4? Mm, 6.4 now? Maybe 6.4, I think. Yeah, I think that's... so... Yeah, 6.4 is, it's, it was released in November 2023, so it's still relatively new. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. I mean, 6.4 has so many cool things in it. And I know sometimes Drupal will not support every feature of Symphony. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, like, like I, I, I don't know if um, like auto wiring, auto registration ever took off in any way inside of Drupal for services. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I saw really a talk. Cool thing. Yeah, I yeah. saw a talk at Drupal Dev Days oh, a few years ago that I was at and somebody gave a talk. Um, I can remember the company name, actually. Um, and that was about making Drupal more like Symphony. It was talking about... Um, not using controller base and extending uh having controllers as services and doing auto wiring and everything i thought that was yeah really interesting at the time um I'm sure there's been a long running core issue about it but i'm sure i've got managed to get some of it working through uh probably adding and configuring config components. it's something you can add yeah 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 you can add it if you want it um but you mentioned um offline about uh, Drupal having services that are now using the class names mm-hmm. as their IDs. Yeah, I think that's something I was looking at recently with uh, working on my project, I think it was my, my testing course, Codebase. But yeah, something I always was doing was having to add because aliases into things like core services. So if I wanted uh-huh. to inject um, entity type manager interface or something, as an example, that wasn't there in the container to begin with so i always have to add an alias in my own services file in my module for it and it would be uh, i'd have to say like, this interface is entity underscore type dot manager or whatever the, the name was mm-hmm. but, but um yeah so yeah, then in, so in then you could symphony... uh, auto wire it mm-hmm. but yeah, then yeah. on the symphony side it's like using the class name tends to be the convention i think so using mm-hmm. entity type manager colon colon class that's the thing yeah 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 um, so yeah, yeah so the, the, the motivation behind that was was auto wiring, but it's also just um, it's funny. This is a change. This is one of those changes that like caused a big kerfuffle when it happened. Um, you know, changing from these snake case service IDs to class and interfaces, and and the reason is because you think, well, what about that? That what about that situation where I have one class that's registered twice as a service? You know, we yeah. have two versions of that same class as a service with different arguments. And that happens. It just, it just almost never happens. It's just so, it's just so rare. So mm-hmm. um, I really, I really hate inventing strings for no reason. Yeah. So this is a great situation where it's, where it's every time we created a service, you had to think like, well, what should I nickname this service? And 
I just love not having to do that anymore. Just being like the, the name of this service is just the class name. And if you happen to see the service ID somewhere, guess what? You're going to know what it is because it's the class name. So you're not going to look at this string, you know, some foo underscore bar and say, what is that referring to? It's going to be the yeah. full class name. So that is really exciting to me. I really, really like that change. And uh, yeah, again, kind of something that makes Symphony and Drupal look and feel a bit more like each other. Mm -hmm. um, there's yeah. also, I don't know if, if these will think will be things that are in Drupal yet. Maybe you can, maybe you'll know. Um, but Symphony, the Symphony 6 series got a bunch of new auto wiring attributes and uh, auto wire, auto configure, auto configure tag, uh, different ways of configuring the, the edge case things that can't be auto-wired. So the cases where you would still need to go into services.yaml and override, like set a specific argument or set something. Um, so there's now attributes for those. And I'm guessing that either already works in Drupal or hopefully will work in Drupal uh, before too long. So if you have an argument to your service and for whatever reason, that argument's not auto-wireable, maybe it's because you're grabbing a scalar value, like a parameter. And now you can put a little auto wire attribute right before that argument and say, I'm trying to get the parameter called foobar and it'll pass it in there. So just another little innovation where we can stay inside of our code more instead of having to exit our code and go elsewhere to a configuration file and then come back to our code and then keep working. So little things like that. I just, I love in the new version of Symphony and it's just cool to talk about it and be like, that's either already downstream or we'll, we'll be downstream soon in Drupal. And, and isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it's great. Um, and yeah, that was something that yeah, when I was looking through this code was I didn't have to add that alias anymore in, in my own module. I went and looked at the uh, core.services yeah. YAML file that the core ships with. And I went, oh, that's strange that I didn't have to. So I was updating uh, some example code that I did for um, a testing workshop a couple of years ago. So I'll go through it again, make sure it's right for the, the course I'm doing. And uh, nice. I'll send that. So I was going through it and went, hmm. I don't need to do that. This one, why is this working? And then found a lot of, um, in the core services file, a lot of, um, essentially aliasing that they're now. So mm -hmm. we've got things like, uh, the one I've got, I can, the one that grabs my eye is profile extension list. So that's aliased to, um, extension dot list dot profile, for example. So you can use both now out of the box, which I think is mm -hmm. really cool. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. much easier for people to sort of go between, uh, the projects as in Drupal and Symphony, but also for use to one way, then um, you can carry on using it. And yeah, I, yeah, I hate thinking yeah. of names for things as well, which is yeah. why, uh, one reason why I jumped on the um, the Tailwind CSS thing really early because like, I didn't have to think of these little that's, names for things. That's another one. Yeah, that's that's a totally another one. I don't want to think of a class mm -hmm. name for this. So yeah, so I, I was a later uh, jumper honor for Tailwind, but I'm right there with you now. Yeah, don't have to think of things like inner left sidebar, inner bottom wrapper or something like it's a flex container, make it flex, move on, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, something else I've been, I think I don't know whether it's sort of come across directly from, from the Symphony space, but um, it sort of came in with the, the, the Drupal 8 change is like Drupal 7 is still on Drupal 7 something uh, and i remember making a blog post like will we get to see 7.100 at one at one point whereas then when Drupal 8 came in we got these this new rele uh, release cycle and new versioning so we got 8.1.0 and then six months later we got 8.2.0 and uh it seemed to be so sort of that adoption of that whole release cycle and semantic versioning and more mm -hmm. of the it will be ready on this date rather than when it's ready, um, which I know is something as Fabian's was talked about with uh, the Symphony releases, like it'll be done on this date, not when this feature is ready. So I've been really- Yeah, it's, um, it's um, I, I really like that. It's so much more predictable for users. And, and this is really, the statement I'm about to make really reminds me of Fabian, the lead developer of Symphony. It takes the drama out of the open source. Fabian's a real mm -hmm. no drama guy. He just wants yeah. to get things done and that's it. Uh, have it be high quality, get it done, get it out the door. Um, and so, yeah, having that, having that release schedule where you set a bunch of goals and then you say, we're gonna get these goals done, that props to the people that can do that, but that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on those open source people because everyone wants to know what's gonna come. And so you feel kind of compelled to come up with a roadmap, right? Come up with a list. And then you are now bound to that list. And, yeah. you 
you know, most of the time you're not being paid for this anyway. And, you know, and then as, as you know, you have one feature that takes too long. Oh, it's more complicated than we thought. And the release gets pushed out. I mean, that's just, there's lots of drama, you know, behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to remove that and just be boring, just like, like a heartbeat, uh, every, every six month the release uh, comes out. In fact, we're our next tutorial we're going to release probably on Monday is uh, upgrading from Symphony 6 to Symphony 7. I was just watching right before I came on here. Uh, delightful animation with a happy sunshine looking down on this exact process on the, on the happy every six-month release schedule that Symphony has and that Drupal has. Um, so I absolutely love that. In, in that in, in, it lights a little fire under your butt, too, if you do have something you want to get done in core. Yeah. You, you know exactly. Like you, you can't ask for more time. You know when something's got to be done by. So get it done or you got to wait another six months. So sometimes that waiting is frustrating, but I love that release process. Um, I love how Symphony Dribble work together. Yeah. Not even necessarily like talking with each other a lot, but, but the, just the, the way those two ecosystems work together, like, you know, because Dribble knows when Symphony is releasing their versions, when the LTSs are, that predictability means that Drupal can have its predictability um, under there. And, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, and that's why, you know, I think it's gone from eight to nine to 10 fairly quickly over the last couple of years to keep up to date with the upstream release cycle from, from Symphony. Although it's changed a bit. I think Drupal 10 is supporting there for two years instead of one. So something, some decisions been mm-hmm. made upstream, but um, yeah, it's just that predictability as, as you said. Um, but yeah. What I mean, I what is that? Like, Oh, I was gonna say, you know, I, I can check in with you from the from the Drupal world. Like, what has that? What has the uh, upgrade process been like? You know, there was a lot of promise, right? When Drupal mm-hmm. eight comes out, like, okay, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to completely destroy your app, yeah, one more time, and then you won't mm-hmm. have to ever destroy it again. Has has that has that panned out? How has that process been? Um, in general, really good. I think it was a bit shaky to begin with. I think it was a little bit new. To everybody, then there were a couple of backwards compatibility breaks early on, maybe probably where people were just figuring it out. But yeah, I think it's been fairly plain sailing for the for the most part, and it definitely hasn't been, in my experience, let's kill it and rebuild it again from scratch. Um, my day job is is working for Transport for Wales, so we've got a big um, it's Drupal ten now, but it's eight when we launched it um, about two and a cool. half years ago. So it was launched on eight, then we migrated to nine a few weeks later with minimal changes, and then nice. we're on, on 10. Um, so we've been able to do that incrementally in place, essentially, by just um, same as the Symphony ones, you've got deprecated code, and then you go through, you upgrade to the latest versions uh, of them, and there's, there are tools like that now. There's, um, there's like Rector, there's someone's made a Drupal Rector, and um, that actually submits issues to the Drupal module issue queues themselves as well. So as, as a module maintainer, I've had bots making issues uh, on my things. And here's a patch that you can use to change from Drupal set message to using a messenger service. And those are all automated through Drupal Rector that the, uh, that's being run uh, against all cool. the, the GitLab repositories, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been definitely, uh, definitely, definitely a lot easier. Um, this I mean, just, just upgrading over two major versions in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and a half years sounds like a long time, kind of, uh, but it's really not, right? Mm-hmm. Two major versions in two years. Um, yeah. That's that's fast. So, yeah. yay. So, so at least, you know, nothing's perfect, right? But but it has mm-hmm. lived up to its hype. That makes me really, really happy. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if it's even that interesting to that many people, but I just, it's what I want to tell people about Symphony. And then Drupal does the exact same thing. I was like, this, this release process, this, yeah. the, the way we deprecate features, um, there's, there's nothing else like it. And, and being, being able to upgrade over your major versions just permanently, you know, Symphony casts, not surprisingly, so it was a Symphony 2 application. Um, we now have a pull request to upgrade it to Symphony 6.4. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's never a big deal. It's always, it's always just like a side task to somebody that somebody has like, you know what? We're, you know, one or two minor versions behind right now. So I'm going to go ahead and open up a pull request. We'll get it. We'll get it going. It's just, um, I don't even notice when they're merged. It's just not a big deal at all, which is cool. So again, yeah, like yeah, less, cool. less drama and, um, and, and more just getting our jobs done, which means that the, the major releases aren't exciting, right? Yeah. You know, we, we try to pretend they are like, Ooh, Drupal 10, Symphony 7. Have you heard Symphony 7's out? Guess what new features it has? Zero, None. nothing. Yeah. It's identical to 6.4. 
you know, so we tried to lie and, and do some marketing around it, uh, but uh, sort of dug our own grave from a marketing perspective by just being deliciously boring. And that's a, that's a good thing, but it is mm. kind of an extra challenge to, to make things um, look cool. I know, you know, rails, for example, they follow more of the like, Oh no, rails, you know, 7.0 is going to come out and here's going to be all this new stuff. And, and, uh, and, and Laravel does the same thing. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, because we do things the boring way, we've got a little uphill battle uh, to, to make our stuff look just as cool as theirs, which it is, which is that it gets released every six months instead of with a shiny point zero version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we did the Drupal 10 upgrade for our, our site, it was really easy to do, actually. And I was trying to explain to people um, before we did the final switch that all the hard work was already done. Like we'd already upgraded um, all the, so a lot of the contrib modules that we use on the, in the Drupal space now support major versions, but, uh, multiple major versions, because the code essentially is the same. So as mm -hmm. long as, as a module maintainer or a theme maintainer, I'm using the latest one, um, then I think like, it could work for Drupal 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all at the same time. So mm -hmm. let's try to explain this to people that now we're switching from 9 to 10, but that's just the last part of the process. The major bit has already been done. We released that six weeks ago. <laughs> we were able to split this over multiple versions. The risky bit is done. And we're just doing that last uh, sort of final switch. And yeah, and uh, yeah, that, yeah, that final switch. It's 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 almost underwhelming. You you know you're yeah, like okay exactly, now yeah. we'll we'll change composer.json to change these nines to tens, and we'll mm -hmm. run composer updates, and then we refresh, and it still works. Okay. Time to move on with our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We refresh. The test suite still passes. We're, we're good. Yeah. We'll just change that line to a 10 in, in certain places. And yeah, yeah, all the everything else will just work because we've already upgraded it and already deployed it. <laughs> it was, what a time really, to be alive. Uh, yeah. I, th I think the other side effect of, of this whole release cycle thing is also it makes us, gives up you to release new cool things. Um, layer builder tool that's in Drupal now. It's like drag and drop of, of blocks and things. That wasn't there in the early versions of eight. I think it came in eight point one or eight point two. Um so it's sort of midway that that release through that release cycle. Whereas you know I don't really think of like uh, that really happened with earlier versions of Drupal seven or anything. Like here's a new so yeah before okay yeah before it would have been more like wait for the next major version to, mm -hmm. to, to release that big thing. Oh, it's yeah, done exactly. right now, but we're waiting also for this, this, and this to get done before we can release it. Yeah, you're totally right. So that, that every six months means, sorry, those other three things aren't done yet, but guess what is this thing? So you get it today instead of 12 months from now. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so no, it's been really interesting for, for me, who sort of does um, mostly Drupal stuff, but some simply to sort of see the parallels happening and sort of seeing one community sort of um working on on the other and for me that i can switch between those things i literally use the same code in, in both apps as well wild. Um, yes somebody asked me at a meetup about it and said well which which framework would you pick and i said well i'd use probably uh, symphony for this one because it's literally the same code as i would be writing in the other one compared to something else where it might be might be a bit different so yeah that's a major plus i literally like you said, you can open a Drupal code base and sort of know, oh, there's a service container and there's a controller. Like that makes makes sense rather than uh, mm -hmm. something else. We have events. We have yeah. service IDs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to a point of, I was at um, a course it'll be like a few years ago and it was all about some product they were trading us up on and it was done in JavaScript they start talking about event subscribers and listeners and, and things. And I'm like, Hey, I know that. Cause I've seen that in some symphony documentation or I've done that in, in the symphony thing. So it's, it's having a more consistent sort of approach um, for everything, I guess, regardless of the language or the framework. Yeah. 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 You know, and then that's good for developers. We can, you know, it allows us to wrap our, when the, when the mental models are similar, we can wrap our head around more of it. And um, you know, to, not to go back to where we started, you know, a while ago, but you know, that's one of the things that I like about the returning HTML for my app type of thing is, is it's a model that you can have one developer wrap their head around the entire thing um, from the front end to the back end. It's, it's a simple enough mental model. And that's, I think one of my goals, you know, there are, there are teams that are really, really big and uh, you don't necessarily need that. You don't need to have one developer understand the entire stack, but there's many, many projects where it's really useful to have one or just a couple people be able to understand um 
the entire front end and, and back end, whatever it's in, to be able to understand that whole mental model and really be able to handle any part of it. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Symphony Cast a little bit? Yeah. Um, I've been a long time subscriber on, on Symphony Cast or, or KNPU, I think it was, I think, when I first joined. KNPU University, uh, yep. Yeah, and they got rebranded as Symphony Casts. Yep. So, um, yeah, so we make tutorials for Symphony and, uh, and PHP in general, but, you know, we specialize on Symphony. And we are kind of an extension of the core documentation. So it's really, it's really great for me. Symphony Casts is, you know, I started with documentation and I want to write documentation and I want to make things easier for people um, to use Symphony. And by the way, that's how I started in Symphony. I was a really, I was a young, really bad developer. And, um, and I was trying to find a framework in PHP and I found two. And one had better documentation. One of them enabled me as a bad junior developer to to actually build something significant. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's part of the reason it's been important to me to to be able to do that. So I like to write documentation, and what what Symphonycast lets me do. So thank you to everyone that watches and subscribes to it. Is I get paid to write that documentation. It's really crowd it's crowdsourced documentation, um, high quality documentation, and you know we can't. We can't have someone make that many tutorials at that quality unless they're being funded for it. So it's it's a bit, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a paid site, but I think of it a little bit like the same problem we have in open source, right? If you want to get significant things done, the crowd has to come together and pay for it. And in the case of Symphonycast, the crowd has done that. So yeah. I'm really fortunate to be able to be paid to do these things. Um, from my open source side, uh, Leanna, my wife, is much better at actually running a business. So <laughs> I'm always trying to, push back and, and she, we're trying to find that balance, right? Between open source and actually running a business. So the our subscribers pay for those videos we made. One of the things that is really important to me and we've always done is we share all of the scripts and code blocks for free. Uh, so those are accessible to anybody. So if you can't afford the price or whatever situation you're in, you can at least get that. You can read the script. Um, the script is translated into Spanish also. We'll add other translations soon. Um, and then you have like these, we call them magic code blocks right inside there. So they're code blocks. We'll show you, here's the diff. And maybe we only show you eight lines of code that are relevant, but you can actually click to load the entire file right there. So it's just, it's just basically hiding. Um, so you can get to that entire thing throughout the tutorial. And we also, Symphony has also, which I'm, I'm really happy about. We also support Symphony itself financially. So sometimes people are wondering, you know, how can I support Symphony? And, and Symphony itself has various products. If you are a Symphonycast subscriber, a um, a significant sum of money goes directly back to the Symphony Corporation um, to fund Nicholas Grecus, for example, and Fabian to help them work on open source, um, which is really important. And then also like my open source efforts. You know, I spend a lot of time on open source. So again, thank you to everybody who is Symphonycast subscriber. Um, helps us actually maintain and build our libraries. So yes, yeah, so that is, that is Symphonycast. It's a little bit of a tour, but also like a thank you tour. I, you know, I just like to remind people that uh, that, that you, they make this possible, and and I'm and I'm really happy about that. And this year. I mean, our goal, it's like any other problem with any other job, our goal is, is to do more right now. So uh, I did a live stream this morning. So again, if you like watching live stream, you can check our Symphonycast blog. We're actually posting the live streams the uh, after we make them, but you can jump on a live stream. This morning, I was talking about a new version of a tool that we use called Tuts Hero. It's a total internal tool that we use to build our tutorials. But in 2024, we've just got to get more content out. There's, there's just too many important, cool topics for us to talk about. So we're working internally on updating some of our tooling, adding AI into various parts of our process. It's a thousand different things. We're just like any developer, we're trying to iterate on it to make it our process a little bit faster, a little bit faster, yeah. a little bit faster. Because um, I would love to release two or three times the videos that we do. And if we did, if we released three times the videos we do now, we still wouldn't run out of things to talk about. There's just so many cool things out there. And that's the problem I want to have. I want to have a problem where I'm like, oh, we have, we have nothing else to talk about because we've covered everything. That would be great. Because right now it's like, it, it's more it's it's more the, here, there's five things I want to cover right now. And I know I'm not going to be able to get to those for several months. And, and, and we're just, for the sake of PHP and Symphony um, being the ones that are, are in the position, fortunately, 
to um, to write that content, write those tutorials. Like we've just got to do more. I feel like we owe more, and so we're we're working on that. And it's a it's a cool, interesting problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a couple of things I've seen on there, like upcoming courses or something. And uh, I've added them to a, a watch list, and I see every so often someone says, "Hey, when's this coming out?" And I think you're like, "Yeah, it's like the next one on the list or or something." So there's definitely a a queue of things that are coming out. You got it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and we don't, and this, one of the reasons we don't give a very long queue is because if we give a queue like five out, then people are waiting too long. So maybe mm-hmm. if we can get faster, we could actually do that. We could queue out four or five tutorials without mm-hmm. making everyone mad. Cause you know, as soon as you see it, <laughs> as soon as you see it coming soon, right. You expect it, I don't know, to be soon, not to be yeah. nine months from now. Define soon. So if we yeah. can get a little bit faster, maybe we can have both best of both worlds there. Yeah, I mean, soon is relative. It depends <laughs> what, what yeah. you're talking about. But, um, we all want it. So if you if you have a question about t- technology, right? We all want it right now. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the problem we're having right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're definitely not going to be short of content. I suppose you're always going to be doing like the upgrade to Symphony Seven or Eight or Nine, whatever the, the current version is. But as well as then having sort of side ones, I've seen things about um, design patterns on there. I've seen mm-hmm. some VJS things on there. Um, I think when before Drupal 8 was out, I think I learned a lot about Twig and then just even object-oriented PHP on there. Yeah, so it's, it's the sort of there, those yeah. other ones as well as um, like the, the upgrade to the latest version on there. Yeah, um, and that's a, a bit of a challenging time right now. We have a major release every two years, right? So that's that's the, the challenge we have right now because Symphony 7.0 was just released. And so you're right, we have probably like six tutorials that we effectively need to refresh and but we need to do that without not doing anything else for nine months so that's kind of the perfect time right now for us to really push on accelerating that because what i want to do every two years is get those six core tutorials done yesterday like immediately and get those out of the way because those need to be there those are actually the most watched most important tutorials on the site um so i want to get those done but then i want to get on to the other stuff you know you know let's talk about uh you know, Symphony Messenger, Symphony Scheduler component, the Symphony Workflow components, um, and a million other things, live components. That's a Symphony UX thing. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. You can see, without even thinking, I can run down these these twenty terminal, topics. Terminal heck, components. What's that? The terminal is the new one as well. Terminal component. Oh yeah, terminal. Yeah, it doesn't actually exist yet. But yeah, there's going to be a new component inside of Symphony called terminals. Yeah, terminal component. I, I want to cover all these things. Um, heck, if we got through all those things, then we could, heck, we could even do more stuff about Drupal. So this, again, that's the problem that I want to have, uh, mm-hmm. is that we're looking around trying to figure out what's, what to cover next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to go and watch, um, the Tatsiro video. Uh, so I saw the first little part of the stream today. So I'll go back and uh, I think I saw some, some B hat tests or something. <laughs> oh through. yeah. At the end. So, uh, yeah. B hat to test a, uh, a, a terminal application, which I just think mm-hmm. is a really cool thing to do. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and watch that. And yeah, I, I really like building um, sort of developer tools. The, the thing I'm speaking about um, tomorrow at the PHP group, and I have done before, is uh, a Symfony CLI that I've built. And it has a, a YAML file and a project that says which version of PHP it uses and, and which files to get ignore and everything. And so they got uh, a set of templates, and it'll then just like build all those files, or builds Docker files, and um, get ignore all these sorts of build configuration tools um, based on these templates and this, this project-specific config file. So I don't need to nice. do Nice, so you just bootstrap the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. cool. So it's uh, yeah, a tool that I sort of built for myself just because I'm you know always working on different projects for clients. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, if I can solve that with a bit of automation and then, mm-hmm. yeah, if I need to fix a bug or uh, add a feature, I do it once in a Twig template and then just regenerate it for all my projects. So. And, and uh, it's yeah. fun too, writing, writing terminal yeah. components or terminal mm-hmm. things. It's super fun. It's pure, that's pure developer right there. <laughs> writing command line application. It's the dream. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy uh, doing that. And, and it's nice to work on something that's a, a tool or, or a product for yourself rather than working with some of clients because you can sort of set the roadmap, um, which is good and bad. Now I, now I say that because you need to keep yourself mm-hmm. on, on track and, and to know what you're doing. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching the the Tatsiro ones as, as you c- continue building it and see what's what's going on there. And I look forward to you know, what yeah, I'll, I'll, the next things coming on, on. 
some of the accounts. I'll, I'll keep posting some updates of that uh, as we go along. Just it's just kind of a fun. Yeah, it's a fun thing. Just like the project you talked about, it's just fun things. It's fun to share these ideas. So it's that's mm-hmm. another thing. If anybody listening, you know, if, you, if you're building something kind of cool or you think it's a little bit cool, share it. You know, even if it's only a blog post or a tweet or whatever, um, and just get it out there. These are just cool, cool ideas just to have bouncing around. And I and I love seeing that stuff from from our communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying that to some, uh, let's say it's at Hackathon on the weekend with some uh, bootcamp graduates who only just graduated or so. Some of them haven't written code um, 16 weeks ago or, or something. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, they're sort of saying about sharing things online, these ideas that they've got, perhaps they want to build already. And yeah, it was superpower to be able to go and, and build these things if, you, if you've got an idea that you can then go and write the code for it yourself and make it a thing. You know, especially like for hackathon and planned and built a, an MVP in like six hours or something. And these people who just couldn't, couldn't code like, you know, a few months ago, it's uh, scary, but yeah, in general, that is all, impressive. And in general, I'm always saying to people, you know, uh, yeah, write a blog or, or give a talk or something, share, share what you know, or some ideas and try and collaborate with people. It's always, it's good fun. It gets and it gets it gets easier. So start little by little. And I've had that same thing with me. I feel like uh, I have some ideas and I need to keep them closed off and protected or something like that. And and just takes practice to get things out there. And, and you yeah. when you, because when you do, you realize that the um, the feedback is positive and and, and people are mm-hmm. are you know excited and supportive. And you'll have somebody that says, oh, and also have you thought about this? And you're like, oh my God, I didn't yeah. realize this thing existed. So then you you get used to, hey, when I share things, I actually uh, helps me because I, I you know, have people, um, we're crowdsourcing ideas. I mean, it's a, it's really a type of, um, it's almost an idea open source in that, you know, right? we, we use open source, we don't have to really rebuild things from scratch. If you share things, you're gonna have other people that are kind of come out and crowdsource and, and really help kind of improve your idea. So yeah, share away, it's all good stuff. Yeah, even if it's just like, yeah, here's a Drupal module that I used or some Symphony component that I've not used before, or here's some error that I found and here's how I fixed it. You know, it's really mm. easy to, to stand up a, a small site or something for yourself oh. and, and just get that out there and helps the next person. And if you, you, if you uh, want to get <laughs> some traffic, put the exact error message. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. You find, find some error message you hit. And you put the right a little short little blog post, and what that means is a good chance you're going to become the number one hit on that when people <laughs> inevitably Google for that exact error message. So mm-hmm. there's a good little uh, crowdsourced SEO hack Same there thing. to get your get your blog up. Awesome. Yeah, this has been a really great conversation. So thanks, Ryan, for taking some time. Um, yeah, where this can is people super find fun. you online? Uh, symphonycast.com also on Twitter X whatever um, I'll talk a lot of there I, my name is Weaver Ryan so my name in reverse Weaver Ryan awesome and then yeah hopefully we'll see you at some other conferences and things as, as we go once they the symphony ones are back up again is the symphony con again this year or um... yep symphony con is in Vienna this year in uh, early December first week of December if I remember correctly so very excited my first time to Austria Oh, cool. We were over there for DrupalCon a couple of years ago. It was uh, yeah, really nice venue and a really nice nice place. So ah, great, um, I hear they have some some really good like ice skating something in front of some important <laughs> building. You can see how little research I've done, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'd expect so at that time of the year <laughs> as well. Yeah, and that, that would be great. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing I need to do is watch the uh, Symphony Online conference that there was uh, this week or last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna. That's on my list of things to, to catch up on uh, as well. Uh, and then yeah, what's coming up next on Symphonycast. So I'll be looking out for the next thing that's landing. So yeah, yeah we thanks. have Symphony Symphony Seven upgrade coming out next week, and uh, and then and then we'll just stay busy from there. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Beyond Blocks podcast. I've been Oliver Davis. Thanks very much.